Welcome, everybody. We want to thank you for listening in today to the It Can Happen to You podcast, hosted by Reed Besh. And your sidekick, Mom Beth Besh. Hello, all you faithful followers out there. We have coined that term right now. If you have a better suggestion, send it our way and we'll start using it. But we are back again uh, recording for y'all on another episode of the It Can Happen to You podcast hosted by myself and my mom. We are very excited. And as we have started out the last couple of episodes, we do have some sponsors that mom wants to get their information out there. So mom, take it away. Yes, we want to thank the Ridge Restaurant. It is West Nashville's favorite little barbecue place. If you've not ever been there, over on 54th Avenue, Nashville, Tennessee, and they have a great variety of foods. I think they're actually starting some comfort foods coming up this week, Uh, so check out The Ridge, and call Charlie, or when you step in, say hi to Charlie. Their number is 615-385-7800 if you need directions, but you'll not go wrong there. We also want to thank Kim Tompkins Hair and Color Salon. She is located in Smyrna, Tennessee, and Kim has been in business for a very long time, and she's just been uh, so supportive to us. Her number is 615-967-7852. That's Kim Tompkins. And also, I'd like to um, to let you know Beth Besh with EXP Realty. I'm a longtime Nashvilleian. I'm a unicorn because I've never lived anywhere else. And I have, I'm not going to tell you, it's over 30 years experience. We're not going to go to the to the number. But I just want you to know, I am here and I am wanting to help. I want to help give back. If you are a first-time home buyer, a move up, relocating in, someone even looking to downsize. Uh, I do do specialties on people that have estate sales because that's a lot of probate information and divorces. So I'm here to help you. My number is 615-533-3876. I would be honored and blessed. And now on to the show. Absolutely. Thank you again to those sponsors. They are incredible. Please contact them for any of your needs. All right. So... As you, if you've been following with us and listening to the past episodes, you notice we took a break for a while from the story. We kind of did that on purpose. When you're going through treatments and you're going through things, you don't get immediate results. No, you have tests all the time. You have blood tests. You have certain sometimes if you have a certain infection, you have a test to find out what's going on there. You have bone marrow biopsy tests, which are the big key factor that lets you know, especially in read certain case. Now, I'm sure every different type of cancer, because I can't speak for all of them are different but there's always a test that they they check on stuff with reeds his major uh testing to see how everything was coming along was a bone marrow um, biopsy and the the most stressful and irritating thing for me was there's not every hospital is equipped to do all the results of the research research and testing on such specific different tests so uh there's a lot of the ones that do a lot of the hematology like vanderbilt our place that they had to send his test, his his I guess his specimen and everything to be uh, checked out was in Seattle, Washington, and I'm tell you what I felt like I could drive up there, strangle them, and come back with the test results sometimes faster than what we got the test results. So sometimes that it seems like three four weeks, and it may just be a week, but let me tell you what sometimes it seems like an eternity when you're when you're hinging on on some good news that you've been praying for. Exactly, and all that to say, if you remember the couple episodes ago, we ended at round two. We ended with Dr. Seuss's day and how we had so much fun. Well, mom brings up why it takes so long is because they did not perform the bone marrow biopsy the next day, right? They had to let the chemo take its effect. They actually had to wait a little while, make sure that the chemo was doing its job, 
And then they take the bone marrow biopsy. It was about a week later, uh, so it was roughly the first week of March is when they took the bone marrow biopsy. But as mom said, they don't just run it downstairs to a lab, you know, ixo facto, run it through a machine, and out pops the, the test question or anything, right? No. They had to send it off to Seattle. I am perfectly fine waiting. Oh, Trust me, oh, I am oh. the most patient person in this family, and it showed during this time. <laughs> I'm going to go I, on the it. other hand, wanted the address, wanted mm-hmm. the phone number. I would have I would have gone out there, and I would have made somebody do it. It just, to me, it seemed like an eternity. And I laughed because I don't think the uh, bone marrow biopsy had actually gotten, like, when they took their sample, I don't think it made it out the door before Mom's like, all right, where to go? Where is it? Come on. Where, where is it? FedEx it. Let's go. Let's get it quicker. I'm like, you got to wait. Like, Ultimately, in the waiting game, you're going to play it your whole medical career is what I call it. It does not matter if you go in for a broken foot. No matter what, you're going to play the waiting game at some point in time. You're going to have to wait longer than others. Take it, take me, for example, right? I've broken bones before, and I was the last person to see the doctor. Why? Because I wasn't the medical emergency. That's true. So you, I got used to waiting all the time. Now, all of a sudden, I'm first one rushed in. I'm back seeing the doctor, and I'm getting in the test results. You do make quick. a good point, Reed. I guess sometimes, you know, most people do not have the patience of Job, mm-hmm. but it also may be a very good thing if you're sick or you are needing doctors, a doctor's care, but if you're not the first one taken up, up front, that's a very good point to say you are not the medical emergency. Exactly. So I know it's hard to think that in the moment. Trust me, there's been plenty of times I'm sitting in the doctor's office like, all right, I got something to do. I got a lunch to get to with some friends. I got some work I got to get done. I don't have time to sit here. I don't have time. Let's go, let's go, let's go. But you just got to take a moment to sit there and realize, and this this hit me in the hospital and throughout our whole journey is, I mean, we've seen people get upset in the waiting room. Mm-hmm. And I sat there and thought, the doctor's probably in there telling someone right now they have cancer for the first time. Yeah. I remember how we felt. Yeah. We took up four hours of his time. Yes, we did. We ruined his day and every other patient's day, but it's because when you don't know how you're going to react till you're in that situation. So I just I always like to lead with that, and uh, you know, just try to take a little more patience at the doctor's offices. I know it's tough. I know you've got things to do, and I know they are very important things to you. Mm-hmm. But just try to remember that it is. You're waiting because you're not the medical emergency. And, be and no, if, if you ever are the one with the emergency or your loved ones, the doctors will be there t- making sure that you're taken care of first. So I, a very good point, Ray. Very good point. Absolutely. So back on track with the uh, where we're at here now. Uh, like I said, it was uh, after Dr. Seuss Day. I just got my last push of chemo on uh, Dr. Seuss's birthday, which was awesome to me, you know, to sit there and be able to go through it all. So... As I said, we're reco- I'm not really recovering at this point, right? We want the the chemo to do its work. We want it to knock everything. Basically, out. he's go his his stats are not stats, but his labs are going down. He's getting where he has no resistance. Um, he's getting weak because of that. He's getting to the point where hey, don't cut yourself or whatever because. Um, the platelets are low, but that's what they have to do for the body. Basically, they're wiping all the bad out and making sure that it's not regenerating because, you know, every, every so often your blood starts to regenerate. I don't know the exact number of days or whatever, what what it is. But they had to make sure it goes through all that cycle to get it all wiped out and say, okay, what's the body going to do when it starts to renew again? Absolutely. So we get the bone marrow biopsy results back sooner than I thought we would, to be honest. They came back sooner and I remember uh, they were good results. And good results at this point means no or no or little evidence of cancer. Mm-hmm. In this case, in my case, it was little can- little evidence of cancer. 
and almost no immune system. And, and that is what we wanted. And here. one thing too, it had not spread to your brain. You didn't yes. realize every single time that they were doing this, they were always also measuring to make sure that it was still maintained in the bloodstream that it had not spread into his the brain Absolutely. cells. And if we ever get to a talk about the operations and stuff that I've undergone, one of those is a lumbar puncture, and that is what prevents or. I don't want to say prevents because it's not always the case, but helps decrease your chances right. of it going to your brain, which they're not fun. I'll be completely honest. I did not enjoy them. I had, you know, multiple experiences with them, but, you know, it's a necessary evil at the end of the day. But we get the results back from this bone marrow biopsy, and they're kind of what they wanted them to look like in terms of little to no evidence of cancer. But it kind of surprised me at this point. This is where to the point where I got so low on cancer cells and it was, the chemo was having such an effect. I remember the doctor was like, well, we could actually look at sending you home. <laughs> and that had not crossed my mind. For, I mean, I'm probably around day 47 in the hospital. That had not crossed my mind. I had been told, hey, after these rounds of chemo, you know, we'll reevaluate. Right. And so I'm sitting here going, round one didn't work. What's the likelihood round two worked? Not in the sense that it wouldn't knock stuff out. But in the sense of I get to go home, right? Whenever you hear stories <laughs> of cancer patients on TV shows, you know it's 15 rounds of chemo, three rounds of radiation, and I'm still working through it. So I'm sitting here kind of preparing myself for that at day 47. Hey, I just went through round two. I got more to go. Yeah. Now, he's getting exciting about, excited about that, that, that statement, but I can say as a mother and as the caregiver... I was freaking out. It was like, oh my God, because his resistance is low. And and he is in this controlled environment uh, with controlled air. Everything's clean. And I'm sitting here thinking, oh my God, my house. Oh dear, what am I going to do? What am I going to feed? I mean, Reed did not realize this, but his excitement led to some anxiety on my part. I had to find someone. I had someone to deep clean my house. I had someone that came in and deep cleaned all the air vents and stuff. Um... Because I, my fear was that something that I would do was going to bring bring him, make him sicker or whatever, and he would have to return again. Uh, house plants. There are certain house plants that you weren't supposed to have. We had to make sure we didn't introduce any kind of new plants, any kind of uh, new animals. I mean, at that time, we still had little Ellie, and she was... Uh, uh, some people sit there and say non-shed or whatever. She was one that she does not, she's hypoallergenic is what they say. And she was an older dog, so it wasn't like she was going to jump up and scratch him. There's all these things that you have to really think about that I had never had to think about before. Mm -hmm. And I was totally freaking out. I wanted to put a decompression chamber in the front of my house to make everybody be totally sprayed down, sanitized and be able to walk in. I, I, I was, your anxiety was going down, but mine was going way <laughs> up. Absolutely. And I think one thing that mom did that was an incredible thing is if you do get told the news, Hey, you can get, you're at the point where thinking about sending you home. Go and do, do go ahead and do that deep clean. Yes, Have, I mean ask church friends, ask family friends, ask someone to help. Maybe just pay for one service to get one deep clean before that person comes home. It does help. I know it's kind of laugh, and you're like, oh, I could clean it and stuff. No, they're I'm talking I mean, deep, deep clean. Deep clean. They cleaned areas that I normally don't clean, which is amazing. I mean, they did. I mean, we did light fixtures. They moved furniture. We dusted. They did all the baseboards. I mean, I'm talking deep deep cleaning kind of like what you're supposed to do every spring and every fall which i don't know anybody that really does it anymore uh and and to me 
the air quality was the best. I mean, um, trying to make sure there was nothing molding, um, trying to get any kind of dust particles and stuff down. If you, you know, like some people just get new uh, carpet or something, you know, something like that. And there's always the dust and stuff. I mean, everything like that, getting everything vacuumed, getting it all deep clean. I mean, <laughs> Mm -hmm. I still, right now, I can feel the anxiety going up because I remember so vivid how that was. Exactly. And so that's just one recommendation we do have is go ahead and do it. You don't have to do it every week or anything like that, but getting it one time because my, the reason I got told I could go home, like I said, no cancer cells, but I had a low immune system. Right. I actually was not released when they said, hey, we're thinking about sending you home. It's not like, oh, hey, you're good to go. Let's do the paperwork. It was... Your numbers are too low. Let's let them climb up a little bit after chemo, and then we'll look at sending you. So then it became the waiting game again of, you know, I'm sitting here doing, clenching my fist going, come on, white blood cells, rise, 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 you know. And so I had to wait for my recovery to come back up to a level that they felt it was okay to go home. And during this time, there's something, too, that I don't think we brought this up. You were on certain food restrictions yes. because at this time, when your body is so depleted, there are there are some foods out there that you need to be very careful about. First off, everything had to be cooked. Um, it was something that you know. We're not, I'm not a sushi eater. I, it's I, kind of common sense, and I don't mean to be rude there, <laughs> but it's. They told me no pink whatsoever. They right. were like, if you get a steak, and it's very rare, you'll get a steak right now, but later on, for a while, it's going to be well done. I mean, no right. pink whatsoever. So Stay sandwiches. away from sushi. Yeah, no like deli meats. His, yes. Yeah, deli meats had to be cooked. I mean, everything had to be cooked. A lot of the fresh vegetables, it needed to be the thick-skinned. And I made sure that everything we did, we, we cooked at home just because... That's the best way to make sure it's prepared the way it needs to be. All the cans, I wiped off, wiped off anything that had cans and stuff. Everything, anything that could have some type of lingering bacteria or something that could get in his system because food poisoning on a regular person gets real sick. Can you imagine someone who has no resistance? So we made sure that all the fruits, any fruits and vegetables, and there for a while you really couldn't eat a lot of the salads because everything needed to be well cooked. You had to get your body or your uh, levels to a certain stage on that. So that was a whole new thing too, is what could he eat? What could he not eat? I mean, sometimes the cheeses have more molds in them or whatever. I the mean, funky cheeses. Exactly. You know, the funky Blue cheeses. Blue cheese is going to be a funky <laughs> cheese. Luckily, I don't like it that much, so we were good on getting You know, yogurts and stuff. So there, there was a whole big area out there that was a learning experience to make sure that once A, he was home, that he wasn't going to get sick, and B, that anything I cooked or he ate wasn't going to make him sick again. Absolutely. And this is called the neutropenic diet. You might have heard it. You might not have. You're probably on it if you're a patient at this point because mom's right. I should have mentioned this miles ago because they put it on me pretty early. They put me on the neutropenic diet probably right around the time I lost all the weight. Like they mm -hmm. were like, you need to eat, but we need to very carefully monitor what you're eating. And she's right. There's different things that you never would have thought of. I actually went away from milk. They mm -hmm. had me on a whole different milk that's better for me, and I like it now even Ultra to this day. Ultra-pasteurized, yes. Yeah, and I like it to this day, which is awesome. But, you know, I didn't think about that, about the milks, the cheeses, all the different fruit. I, you always hear fruit's good for you, but no, sometimes it's the thick-skinned fruit that you need to wash on top of it having right. a thick skin. Well, and not only that, too, there are certain, like, he used to drink Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew interacts with some of his medications. Let's not go through all my faults here. I mean, I know <laughs> no. I know Mountain Dew is terrible for you. I know it's very high in and sugar. And we're not going to drink it anymore. Exactly. But one of the medications that I was on, 
they told me that if I drank Mountain Dew, it could give a false reading of that level that they're trying to test for. And grapefruit. And I was like, that's why I got pulled off of it. So it's not just the neutropenic diet. You're right. right. It's not just that. It's also what medications you're on that could have a reaction to different foods, this, that, and the other. I still remember spicy foods. They said, really try to stay away from spicy mm -hmm. foods. Because although you may love spicy foods and they don't bother you, when you're this depleted, it could hurt your stomach and your intestines a little bit. And that's the worst thing that could happen Correct. for you. Or one of the worst. I won't say the worst because I don't know everyone's situation. And but. something's real common. That, and I'm not sure of how many people really drink or like grapefruit that much. But grapefruit evidently is one of those uh, foods out there that does a weird reaction. And I've even noticed on some of the TV commercials that you see for some medicines even for something totally different you know do not take grapefruit so once again it's always good to make sure and that's why it's good to have more than one person listening to listen to all the information to get it in writing and to make sure that you follow what you're supposed to absolutely so as mom said i get told hey reed we're thinking about sending you home i immediately get excited but under the same token i'm like all right what's the catch right like <laughs> what other thing do i have to go through mom freaks out going oh no ocd me needs to turn on right now and i need to get everything out of the house i mean i'm surprised i didn't move to be honest for like a little bit so she could <laughs> control that but um so i get told i'm gonna go home we wait to see my numbers rise they finally rise to the level i can i can leave and I'll never forget, I'm thinking discharge day. That's what they call it, discharge day. I'm like, boom, 7 a.m., I'm out here, we're <laughs> going. Everyone, I'll talk to you later. I can't wait for it. It was like 2 or 3 in the afternoon before <laughs> we got out of there. And it's nothing against any of the nurses, doctors, hospital regulation, nothing. It is just the process to go hospital through. Hospital time. It, it's, it's the process you have to go through is to make sure you understand everything going home. If you spike a fever, you're coming back in. If you feel upset, you call the doctor. If you've noticed a cut or something, you are bandaging it up and you're getting back in. I mean, Have a nosebleed. They are making sure you understand fully before you depart what happens, you got to come back on. You know, hey, Reed, if you're feeling tired, that's normal. Lay down. You're okay. Hey, Reed, you're probably not going to be able to eat three meals a day. Chop it up a little bit. That's normal. It's okay. Because, you know, you don't think about these things when you're in a hospital. You're just doing as you're told, to be honest. So, finally, it comes around. It's around March 5th or 6th that I finally get to go. Like I said, it's 2 or 3 in the afternoon. I have not been outside in 53 consecutive days. Not, It's not like, oh, I got to go outside in the hospital and walk <laughs> around. No, like I have not been off the floor. I've rarely been out of the room except for to walk laps and, you know, be the social butterfly that I am. <laughs> but I remember I go down and I was sitting there laughing because I was like, I only got to see this front, like this first level one time. Mm -hmm. I was like, we literally were going through it as fast as we possibly can in a wheelchair. So now I'm back in the wheelchair going out, just looking around at all the people, just kind of like, well, I missed all this the first time I came in because I was in so much pain and wasn't paying attention. We get to the car and we're getting on the way home. And I'll never forget this. This was the funniest thing to me. We're driving home and it's through Green Hills and mom turns and looks and goes, oh, hey, what are you, what are they building over there? And my exact reaction is, Mom, I haven't been out of here in 53 days. I didn't know there was construction going on right here. How in the world am I supposed to know what they're building? Yeah, as you can see, his sarcasm did oh, yeah. not leave him exactly. in the hospital. Sarcasm never leaves me, but it just cracked me up because I was like, at that moment, it was almost like, are things going back to normal? And not quite, because there's a lot of journey left, so I'll be completely honest. No, we are not nearly done with the journey, but that was the first time I thought, hmm, I'm going to be normal again. We get home, and I remember 
I had not walked upstairs in 53 days. I have been through two rounds of chemotherapy, lots of fluids, lots of weight gain, weight loss, etc., etc. I was like, oh, this will be fine. We got three steps in the house. It'll be fine. Man, I lifted my foot for the first step, and I was like, <laughs> oh. all right, um, somebody going to need to help me. So I completely forgot about that. You know, it never crossed my it mind. It crossed how, my mind. Yeah, was, well, maybe for you, but I know for me, I never thought about how difficult life at home would be because that's the goal they want you to get back home. They want you to get in a routine again. But it took me a while to get up those three steps, I won't lie. But then I went straight for the couch, and I laid down, and I didn't move. Mom took pictures of me and laughed and posted. Picture, I had a picture of you and Ellie exactly. you were covered up in a, in a blanket. Because when your labs are so low like that, you're actually out cold a little bit. So you're covered in a blanket with, with little Ellie sitting right beside you trying to protect you like she did. Mm-hmm. And that and like I said, she posted it for us, let us know I was home. It was so exciting. The deal was that when I left the hospital, I would have to come back every day to monitor for a while. Mm-hmm. This is standard. They want you to come back in, well, monitor your levels, make sure if you need fluid, blood, magnesium, which we'll get into all that later down the road, but anything you need, they can give you in the hospital, in that transplant, or in the of this, OTC. part of this of letting, I think one of the reasons they let Reed go home too is because we live closer, and part of this is... Like, remember we told you before, they don't want you laying down. This is a part of help where he gets up, it's moving, getting him moving to get to the car, to get out of the car, to come in the house. That part right there continues his journey of helping his body to stay, to help get stronger and to keep moving around. So, therefore, they said, okay, you'd have to come back in every day, which I would gladly do that that, <laughs> that drive. <laughs> Oh, we say that now. In the moment, no, we were not. I will be completely honest. In the moment, you don't love waking up to go. And I'll be honest, I'm an early morning person slash I wanted the early morning appointment so I didn't have to wait on people. That was my thought process. So I chose the early morning appointments. If you choose the later ones, that's on you. It is what it is. But I chose the early morning ones. I was not loving that drive every morning that we did. Oh, I didn't either. And yeah. I, it got. let me just put this way. It got to the point where... Uh, no, no makeup, just stuck my hair back, put a sweatshirt on, whatever I needed to do, because it, was, it wasn't about me, nobody was looking at me, and I didn't care. Exactly. Well, before we even get to that, this was my favorite part, because we do have permission by this doctor to mention her name, I believe. We do from... Yes. Okay, so, it, so I get home that first night, and like I said, I can't even make it up three sets of stairs, so we're not even going to try to get me up the second level of this house to try to go to bed. I was like, I'll sleep on the couch down here. That's going to be the smartest thing for me. I don't want to wear myself out. It's That's to what see I did. the big screen TV. He's in heaven right exactly. there. So I go to sleep downstairs on the couch. Obviously didn't sleep very well because I'm used to being woken up at 10, 12, 1 30, 2 And every time I close my eyes is what it felt like. But anyway, so I, you know, struggle sleeping. I go to bed. I wake up. I wake up at 4. I go to sleep. You know, all that different stuff. But I remember I wake up the next morning and I was like, all right, well, we better get ready to go. And mom goes, are you feeling all right? And I was like, I don't feel any different. Like no fever. I was like, I'm a little nauseous, but that's kind of normal. That's why we have Zofran, you know, knock out the nausea and stuff like that. And she's like, okay, well, let's go ahead and go. So we go to the hospital. I get my blood drawn and I kid you not, I see Dr. Goebel and I had seen her once a couple of times. You know, she'd helped out every now and again. She looks at me and she goes, you're looking a little yellow. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, you look like you might be a little jaundiced, so I'm going to get... Uh, and she goes, we're going to wait to see your blood come back and the test results. And then she goes, but I'm thinking you might need to come back in and we need to monitor this. 
So I kid you not, she gets the results back and she's like, yeah, your liver enzymes are a little high. We're going to go ahead and readmit you. <laughs> I had not been home but 12 hours. Yeah, you didn't even stay home 24. That's all right. I was like, are you kidding me? Looking back on it, I do appreciate it, Dr. Goble. You are looking out for my best interests, and I know that. But in that moment, I was sitting there thinking, can't you ignore it? Can't you just say I look normal and I'm, like, nauseous or something? And I think every other time after that, you would make sure she wasn't working. <laughs> I made sure I had visited my schedules, that I'd come visit her. I wouldn't have her be my doctor to put me back in. But it was ultimately for the best. It's This is what I go back to. Don't hide things from them. Yeah. And, and that's the one It'll thing I told It'll come out. It's the worst and, thing you And I was do. like, that's, that's the thing I told her. I said, look, I might look crappy, but I don't feel it. I don't feel any different than I did yesterday or anything like that. But they monitored my liver levels for a night. Mm-hmm. And I was released the, the following day. They literally said... It could have just been you came off some medication or it could be that delayed reaction from chemo. We don't mm-hmm. really know, but everything's looking okay again, and I got released the next day. What Did it suck? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to sit there and say it was fun going to the hospital, or, you know, leaving the hospital, going to the hospital, getting readmitted. Come. It's not fun, but it's necessary, and guess what? Because I didn't lie, because I wasn't trying to hide stuff from the doctors and stuff, I got released on time again. That's right. That's what I always tell people. Just listen to them and follow their directions, and they'll get you out as quick as possible. So I got re-released, and all I could sit there and think on the way home was, I better not be going back in again. <laughs> and, of course, they were like, you're coming back in the next morning to get lab draws and stuff. So, but it was okay. Exactly. It was okay. So that's how we started out. So this is roughly around March 7th, March 8th. March 8th. When I'm going back in for lab draws and everything like that, I had my another bone marrow biopsy on the 9th. Mm-hmm. This was the one well after round two to kind of see if I needed another round. Correct. Or if round two was done, if that was it. So I go in, I get the bone marrow biopsy. I actually got to go home after that one. That mm-hmm. was really the first time I'd done that. That was kind of interesting because you know your back sore but definitely I would rather be at home than a hospital bed I'll just be honest but I go home after that and we're having to wait again and I just kind of realized around what time it is right March 9th I have the bone marrow biopsy my birthday is on March 15th now I think while I was in the hospital I mentioned it but it kind of clicked in my head like I'm out on my birthday I'm at home on my birthday that is something I'm very grateful for I know not everyone gets to have that and I apologize if you are a patient you don't get to have that but that is kind of a goal that you can aim for small little goal exactly like I want to be yeah I want to be out on my birthday so what do I need to do I need to go walk that lap Mm -hmm. I need to tell the nurses what's going on I need to make sure I'm drinking fluids I need to take a bite to eat so if you ever feel like you don't need to take a bite hmm, I want to be out by my birthday let's try to make that happen and a big thing too is people really 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 want to help out and come visit you and stuff Mm -hmm. if they're sick if they've been around people that have been exposed to stuff, it's better for them to maybe FaceTime and stay away. Mm-hmm. They have great intentions, and we and everyone appreciates it. And this is the first time in my life I've ever said, hey, if you're sick or someone's been sick or whatever, please don't come visit. So, And that's only for the, the patient's benefit. Absolutely. And by about this time, like I said, I got out of... Uh, yeah, so um, just so you know, we're trying to keep track of time because we've been going over a few times, so we're trying to keep track of time. We probably won't get to where I want to end to on this one, but that's okay. We can follow it up, uh, and we have more episodes to come. But you got to remember, uh, when I'm going through these day-to-day processes with Vanderbilt and going in every single day, I'm still sleeping on the couch. I've actually made it a couple times to make it up the stairs 
I mean, I was pausing it Chair. every two, yeah, two, three steps. I'm pausing. I get up to the top. I'm out of breath like I ran a marathon. I'm sitting down in a chair. I'm sweating. But we did that so that I could take a shower. It was usually every other day or every third day is when I would do that. I would go take a shower. I would actually sleep upstairs, and then we'd scoot my way downstairs. That's the way I do have to say it. If you are able to, if you have the capability in your staircase, instead of going up and down, up and down, go up when you can, and then slide down on your bottom on the way down to help prevent more risk of falling. Mm -hmm. It did honestly help me. I will be honest. That is one thing I did until I built up and the strength. And have people around. I yes. mean, it, it's a process. I mean, mm -hmm. you're you're trying to build your, your strength back up, and it is a process. And always remember the safety things. Absolutely. So... Uh, we get the, uh, like I said, we've been on this for a couple days. I've been out for my birthday. I loved it. It was the best thing. The nurses even sent some videos on my birthday, wishing me a happy birthday, which was awesome. Uh, so then we come to, it's roughly around, I, th I, th I have it marked down as March 23rd. I may be off by a couple days. My memory's still a little fuzzy. We blame it on the chemo brain. But we get the results that round two was effective, but not complete. There mm -hmm. still is evidence of cancer and so now we're going to move from the initial, I think they called it initial cancer, or not the initial chemo, into what they call consolidation chemo, which is a little more aggressive. Mm -hmm. I'm still at home, which is nice, but it's going to... It's going to kick my butt a little bit more to what they kind of And they're going to do it as an outpatient. Yes. So so basically, it's not that he's getting it 24-7, but he'll go in every so often and get it. It, it will be some very long days. Mm -hmm. And so we decided that we were going to give me a little time mm -hmm. to recoup before hitting this because it's going to knock me on my butt. So we actually found out we were going to do this a little bit after Easter. Mm -hmm. So I had a little time to just relax at home. Still coming in every day. Right, still getting checked. I was getting blood transfusions during this time. Yep. I was getting fluids. I was getting whatever I needed, but it was it was getting to that point. I remember, and we'll end this episode on this event because I think this is important for all family members and everything to pay attention to as well. March 25th, we, me and my aunt, Aunt Cynthia, had gotten my mom and dad concert tickets well before I was diagnosed, like for Christmas. And March 25th is when the Eagles played, and they were debating not going. Me and my aunt fought tooth and nail to make sure y'all went to that because that was important to us. I needed to feel like y'all could leave and things were going to be okay. I know y'all freaked out. I know y'all oh, did. Oh. I know y'all probably didn't enjoy the ride there. Y'all were freaking out. You heard one song. Okay, now should we leave now? Like I know that's probably what's going through your mind. But for me, it was like, y'all need to go have you time because y'all spent so much time on me. You're driving me up a wall, but like, <laughs> y'all need your time too. So I do think finding places to get your time as a caretaker, take them. Take them. I agree. It's hard to do. And mm -hmm. we, were have, we will basically do another episode, I think, on the caregivers. Mm -hmm. No, oh, caretakers. Absolutely. Caretakers, caregivers, no, either way. As long people, as you don't say undertaker. She said that the first day and everyone judged me. So as long as you don't call it undertaker. Just people that, that are there to help out and, and, and caregivers that, that, that are there. Um, I agree with Reed. Uh, you do need time. It was hard to, to just, you were so keyed up for so long to be strong. You can't just just let it let go and just let you know, let let everything out. So, but anyway, yes. Uh, <laughs> so we'll we'll stop there for today, and uh, we'll look for next episode. We'll talk about the first time I kind of got the first going out experience, going yes. out to eat and stuff like that. 
We'll also go into what's going to happen after round two, what round three kind of looks like and how it was operated. Because I think their round three and beyond has a new take. It does. After round three, if you're thinking of like a TV series, this is kind of the season one finale is going to be next episode because right. after round three is a whole new season to us. It's a different operation and how we a do things. A different yeah. schedule and everything. Exactly. Yes. So we'll kind of do it that way. But we'll, like I said, we'll end here for today. Uh, we can't thank y'all enough. Please go share, like us on Facebook. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that. Please contact us. Let us know if we're doing a good job, what we can work on, Watch what y'all want to talk Facebook about. Watch for Facebook Lives. I tell you, we can't. We are just so thrilled of the questions. Mm-hmm. We will be having a time. We'll be answering everything. So thank you so yes, very much. That's. I'm glad she brought that up. Right now, tentatively, be on the lookout. In the next couple episodes, we're going to announce a day where we're going to go Facebook Live. And we're going to answer questions live from y'all. So that means we'll set up a time. We'll let everyone know about it. We'll go live. You ask us questions. We'll answer. And we'll probably do it in a podcast format. So if you miss that day, you can at least hear it uh, later on. But please, please, please try to join us that day. We'll get you more information as it comes out. And just remember, it can happen to you. It can be good or bad or what you make it. Mm -hmm. And I I really hope that you um, try to see the good in everything. Even in your darkest times, there can be some good things. And just just try to pass it along to everybody else. Pass it forward because we just need to to be on this earth just to help people. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. So... Thank you all again for listening. Go like like us on everything and uh, just enjoy today. So uh, once again, this was the It Can Happen To You podcast hosted by your favorite patient, Reed Besh. And your favorite sidekick, Mom, Beth Besh. Bye.